Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. And that concludes your Tampa Bay Rays season. Thanks for the 99 wins. Tip your servers. Drive safely. That's it. That's a wrap. The Tampa Bay Rays are two and done again in the best of three wildcard series, this time against the Texas Rangers. And for the last two postseasons, they've scored a total of exactly one run each postseason. One for the four games uh, that they have played. So there's a total of two runs. And they were fortunate to get one at all in this postseason as they kind of just they didn't show up. I don't know how else you say it. They lose four to nothing on Tuesday, and it, it just kept getting worse. And they thought that maybe uh, Zach Eflin could stop the bleeding. He did not. Uh, the Rangers jumped on him pretty good. And before you know it, that game was out of hand. It was four to nothing again pretty quickly. And then went on from there. 7-1 loss uh, before another small Tropicana field crowd of 20,000 and change. And, you know, Steve, I got to say, we can look at this in a lot of different ways, and we can break down this series if we want to. I don't think there's much point in that because it was such a convincing uh, failure on every level, right? They didn't pitch well. They certainly didn't field well, especially in, in, in the first game of this series, and they never hit. And the never hit part is a theme that has carried over from last year when they never hit. And I think until they got a run in this final game, they had gone some 34 or so innings without scoring in the postseason consecutively uh, before they did uh, 33 innings, one shy of the record by the Dodgers in the 60s and 70s. Well, like, you know, I slighted them. It was only 33. Yes. My bad. They should have at least gone for the record, but they didn't, and they didn't get that either. Here is what I'm going to say. Uh, there's there's many ways to dice and slice and look at this. And one would be, which is I think what the Rays will look at it is, hey, look, we had a really good team when we were all together. When we were all healthy and we won 13 in a row and we had the best record in baseball after the first month and a half, two months. And then we, and then we got guys hurt and we got guys on the on, on the injured list. And then we lost three out of five of our starting pitchers. And, and you can go on and on up until these last few weeks, even where Jose Suri came, you know, went down tried to play in, in game one, wasn't very good. They sat him in game two. Like, there's all these very resilient baseball team that won 99 games. Terrific. Made the playoffs. Most years that wins you an AL East crown. Was it five straight years? Opposed? All that is 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 success in, in any way you slice it. However, there is a constant now with the Tampa Bay Rays. And the way they approach their business, or maybe the way they have to approach their business, however you choose to, to say that. Their analytics, their approach, uh, their ability to find lesser revenue players, guys that have been discarded, and, and put them in positions to succeed. They are really, really good player 15 through 55. They will beat any organization with those guys. But when you get into the postseason, at least the last number of years now, 
the Tampa Bay Rays are like the Oakland A's in Moneyball when they won 20 in a row in the regular season. They are not built, in my opinion anyway, to outslug or outpitch or out anything in a short series many teams. It, it just seems as if you run into these teams that have more productive players, more established players, bigger name players, whatever it is, and those nine guys on that team beat your best nine, whoever you put on the field that day. Now, they might not do it throughout the entire season. You're still going to win your 90 games plus, and they're masters at it. And if you need a player from Durham here or there, but when it gets to the postseason, the postseason is about stars. It's about stars stepping up in big moments. And the only guy I saw on that baseball field for the Rays the last two days that wasn't overwhelmed by the moment was Randy Orozarena. That's pretty much it. And that's not going to get you any World Series rings. And of late, and this is now their narrative, they, it's theirs, they created it. You know, Todd Bowles is famous as saying, we get to write our narrative. Well, they've written theirs. And their narrative is, really good regular season team, we'll beat the hell out of you with our analytics and our depth in our, in our farm system for 162 games, but you can get us in the postseason because we're not built for it. For whatever reason, it just doesn't come together. Fair or unfair? I think it's very fair. I think, look, analytics works over a long period of time, whether yes. it's baseball, whether it's the blackjack table at Vegas. Like, in one night, you can win big. Over the course of play every night for a year. The house will get you. The house is going to get you. Sure. The, the odds will catch up to you. It absolutely mm-hmm. is. Um, the odds will get you. And you know, the Rays just uh, – Let's let's look at the lineup, and and you know, should you have had Wander Franco in there? I mean, that was your plan, of course. I think that's another and he, star. And that to be somebody... fair, he he was there last year, and mm-hmm. and he produced mm-hmm. while he was there last yep. year. Him and Randy both, but it wasn't enough for them to score runs. Look at the bottom four of the lineup for the last for today: Margot, Meade, Walls, and Pinto. They're not good, man. It's, it's not going to get it done. And combined, they went two for. I'm just doing this quick on the flyer. Two for twelve. Meanwhile, you go to Texas: Himes, Tavares, Young, and Carter. Carter, mm-hmm. who finally made an out today. <laughs> that guy's been unbelievable. Yeah, uh, you know, just the line. And we we've talked about this down the street. The lineup wasn't thick enough. No, it wasn't. And, and and at the beginning of the year, it was when you, everybody was healthy. When they were all there, you know, it was injury. It, it did it. Yeah, I mean, Jose Siri, uh, you tried to come back. I'm sure he's not 100. percent Look at the way he played defense. Just hadn't so. played. Yeah. Well, he just hadn't yeah, played. Absolutely. Right. Like he. Like usually you would send that guy to the minors in a rehab mm-hmm. stint, and you'd mm-hmm. get him a couple games and some at bats. He didn't get any of that. He just yeah. threw him out there, you know. And and he looked like a guy that hasn't played for a while. Yeah. Today you had a, a tough righty on the mound. You don't have Brandon Lau. You don't have Luke Rayley. Uh, yeah, know, all those lefties huge. that you would have played. Wander Franco would have been another lefty in there. Big bats, um, right? You know, I mean, but we we've talked about it. their lineup just isn't thick enough. Mm. And, and mm. all off season they talked about signing a bat, they didn't. And, and granted, a lot of those young bats stepped up this year. I mean, who they expected Josh Lowe to do years. what he did? Who yeah. expected 
Luke Rayleigh to do what he did. Um, you know, th- they had phenomenal seasons, and you anticipate they'll hopefully get better next year. Isak Paredes, right. and yeah, but but was that lineup thick enough and have the stars to handle the pressure of the postseason? It, it doesn't look like it again. Now, no, you know, some doesn't. of them got their first taste of it. I mean, you know, that's what Kevin Cash you said. Know, Curtis Mead had never played in the playoffs before, and mm-hmm. you know, Renee Pinto, and you start going through there. I mean, you know, I mean, they've got pieces, no question about it. But it, it I mean. Going into this series, did anybody really think the Rays were going to hit enough to win big? Like, it was going to have to be pitching duels. Yes, absolutely. You know, and and 33 straight scoreless innings in the postseason tells you that. Mm Mm-hmm. And seven straight losses now in the postseason. Tied for the longest streak in, I think, sports with the Blue Jays. It's not good, and there's nothing they can do about it until next year. And I think they've gotten themselves now into a situation where they're kind of the victims of their own success in the regular Mm -hmm. season. And people will not understand maybe how hard it is to win 99 games or how hard it is to make the postseason or win a division. And they'll be in the hunt and they'll be in the thick of it again next year. And we'll go through all of this, but now because of their lack of success in the postseason, no one cares. Right, you're you're expected to get back there, mm-hmm. and you and you better, but it's not until they do and do something about October that anyone's gonna gonna really think that anything's changed about the Tampa Bay Rays. They are now sort of like the runaway brides of the postseason. You know, they they just can't they just can't complete it, and and to lose seven in a row uh, to score only one run each of the last two postseasons and be swept the way they have. Like those are heavy anchors to carry around for 162 games. And they're going to, yet they're going to have to do it again next year. And I just don't know that, you know, the, the anti rays are sort of like the Philadelphia Phillies, right? A bunch of, uh, of high priced uh, guys that, play loose, play free, love the moment. And during the regular season, they may struggle to make the postseason because they get guys on the IR. And they got, you know, But when, it, when they all get them together, whoever's left, they get up there in the postseason and they start bashing people because they, they live for that moment. They're, 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 the, they're the alphas of the Major League Baseball, right? Bryce Harper and guys like that. That's, that's kind of what the postseason is made for. You know, it's, it's made for those superstars. And the Rays either don't have enough of them or, you know, again, with Juan or Franco, there's guys that would have made a difference. And certainly the, the bottom half of that lineup that you named is not major league worthy, not not postseason major league worthy. And so that's why they lose. And But I, it was more than that, though, too. Like, I thought, I really felt for the first, I felt like they came into it with a ton of pressure because of what happened last year, because mm-hmm. they didn't score. And I think, the at-bats were terrible. You know, I watched, was it Rodriguez? Some of those guys did not fail to swing at any pitch. Yeah, Ramir- like they, they Ramirez sw- was swinging at oh, Ramir- Ramirez, that's right. It was Ramirez. So Ramirez swung, I think, at every ball that they threw him, like for the whole series. I don't think he took a strike or a ball. I think he was just up there swinging. Like, that's not how you have to approach these, these pitchers in these games. You know, you got to make guys work. You're going to have to grind out some at-bats and try to get some guys on base and hope that you get a flare here or there. Like, 
they, to a man, they all seem jumpy at the plate. All uh, of them. And I wonder, I wonder if, and every team's dealing with this, so it's not an, an advantage or whatever, but depending on the type of player you are, I wonder if the pitch clock had any effect on that. And, uh, and I mean, the pressure, maybe. the pressure's more. Yeah. Right. I mean, you feel you the pressure. Step out. You, you know, you're up there. Yeah. You can't step yeah. out. You've heard the stories of you know knowing you didn't score last year and what's going sure. on, and then you have a bad at bat or a bad swing, and you just start. You know, do, have did they get in their heads a little bit? And I'm, you know, like I said, Texas had to deal with the same pitch clock as the Rays. It's not they did. It's not like one team or the other, but you know, it can start to spiral, and you don't have that chance to step out and, and relax, and you know, you're you, you kind of add that pressure. And I, who knows if it is, and maybe some players throughout baseball will talk about. I mean, it looks like as we're taping this, three of the four series have ended in sweeps, and the fourth one is going to because the Phillies are up seven nothing on the Marlins. Like all four series are going to be sweeps. Yeah, I just think there is pressure. It's hard to turn it around. If you lose game one, you're already mm-hmm. in an elimination game, and that, that you know. And, and the thing is, you play. You know, you play six months, 162 games, and within 24 hours, the Rays were out of the postseason. You know, like it, it's mm-hmm. the, 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 the the abruptness of the season ending. Like these guys were all talking about it after the game in the clubhouse. Like, hey, man, I don't have any plans for the next four weeks, three weeks, whatever. I plan on being in the postseason. We didn't make any big game. Like we don't, we don't know what we're going to do now. We plan on playing. And then, and yet, it's dead silence in that clubhouse because everybody realizes that one, they're not all going to be together again because every every year is different. And two, mm-hmm. we just grinded through six months together, right? Grinded every day, all the injuries and the ups and the downs. And we won ninety nine games and didn't win the division. We we're hosting the playoffs, and poof, nothing got nada out of anybody. And it's not one guy's fault; it's all of their faults. Mm-hmm. I mean, but again, I think it's about. The way the Rays are constructed, the analytics of baseball. Look, the Oakland A's, who started this whole analytic thing, they didn't win either in the postseason. You know, they made a Moneyball movie about it, but they didn't win. And it's kind of the same thing that they they work over the long haul. That's why they're called analytics, and you need a long sample size for it to. You have to be committed to certain things. But then when you get in the postseason, it, it, you know it, you don't have enough runway to make those averages work in your favor and it's played by human beings under pressure and it's the guys that handle the pressure the best that win and also the best players and I'm just not sure certainly with the injuries they had they they weren't going to compete with the Rangers one through nine um but during the regular season it's it's the farm system Mm -hmm. it's it's you know the guys they're able to get from other clubs to bring them in and do certain things they really are a genius at that um but it hasn't worked now and you just wonder, it's not like, I don't think their payroll is going to go up by $100 million, but you just wonder if they're going to find themselves in a very similar situation a year from now. It's I kind of equate it a little bit. It's not quite the same because baseball is very different than that, but remember the Braves won 14 straight division championships. That's right. And, and won one World, one World Series. Series in there. Yeah, that didn't make sense, right? You know, But Bobby Cox was a manager similar to, to Joe Madden in ways. Really even keeled, and no, no, nothing gets real high, nothing gets real low, and and you know the regular season, it, there's not the his team never felt the pressure of it because they, he was always, no matter how bad the loss was or how good the win was, it was he was always the same and kind of treated that You're on way. On to the next and, one, yeah, 
And, mm-hmm. you know, they just kind of dealt. Joe Madden was very similar in that regard. Yep. Like, yep. And, and, and made it very easy for the team to compete day in and day out. Kind of took the pressure That's off. That's right. Them. Took the pressure off, yeah. And and I think Kevin Cash does that too. It's, mm-hmm. you know, and, and so teams that are built for the regular season to get to the playoffs either don't always have that sense of urgency or just don't have the enough firepower in a short series. Like you said, you know, of course of a night or two, analytics mean nothing. No, it's too quick. You know, analytics work over, you know, you need a big sample size for analytics to right. work out. Sure. Um, and, and, you know, look, until Kevin Cash wins a World Series, if he does, you know, you, you've always talked about when you get to that championship game, you better win it. Oh, you can't. Yeah, you don't want to bring T-shirts for the other team and selling them yeah, on TV. You no. better win. And, and, you know, taking Blake Snell out in game six. Ugh, it's on his tombstone until he gets past that yeah. point. And, you know, it's just and that was analytics based. Yes. And, yes. You know, you just wonder. You know, had they left him in, had the, had the Rays won that game and go to Game Seven? Oh man, who knows what happens? And, mm-hmm. and and every the whole narrative could be different. And oh yeah, if you got a ring, nobody cares that you're bowing out the first mm-hmm. couple of rounds. I mean, they care, but it's not yeah. compounded by the fact that you haven't won yeah. one. But since then, the Rays haven't gotten close. I mean, they get to the playoffs every year, right? Oh, they're zero and seven, but I they're think, not competing in, in for, for they're not competing for the World Series at this point. Nope. And nope. You know, now next year, who knows? I mean, you know, the amount of injuries this team sustained. It was stupid. It was crazy. You know, and we talked about it, too, throughout the season is, you know, they started off hot. And especially offensively, they were, you know, we talked about how relentless that lineup was. They had a great year overall Mm -hmm. offensively. Mm -hmm. I mean, well, basically they had no injuries on the offensive side of of things until the second half of the season. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. And then you had Wander Franco's problems and. You know, oh, and huge. also, I mean, the pitching they had issues all year that they were dealing with, but they've dealt with that every year. Yeah, yeah. But they know how offensively, they like that first half of the year when they were raking, everyone was healthy. Mm-hmm. Like everybody was playing against the pitchers you're supposed to play against. Yep. You know, okay, you match up well against these pitchers. That's who you're playing against. You're not playing, and so everybody was hitting well. Yeah, they were deep on both yeah. sides of the plate. Yep. yep. All of a sudden, the last two months, you start getting into injuries, and now, you know. Taylor Walls is taking at bats against pitchers he probably shouldn't be facing, and it's true. The rookie go, Kurt Amid yeah. at second base, mm-hmm. and you know, yeah. and then defensively, game one just was oh my gosh, you know that that's that that may have been the part that was the most shocking. Yeah, yeah. I mean, <laughs> yeah. You know, I didn't expect them to hit well in the series. Uh, if yeah. they were going to win, it was going to be two to one games, three to two. Yeah. You know, it was it wasn't going to they weren't going to score but, seven or eight. But runs. you know what? Here's the thing about that. If you really break down, they had four errors in the first game, right? Mm-hmm. But a couple of them were on Yandy Diaz, I believe, whose mobility has been greatly curtailed over the course of the season because of his different yeah. mm-hmm. leg injuries and whatnot. So they hit the ball to the right guy, yeah. right? If you're mm-hmm. if you're the Rangers, the other one. Um, was a throw into center field on a steal attempt, and so that's that's an error, obviously, when the guy goes to third. But then it was Jose Siri who simply had not played, mm-hmm. right? Whether he was should have played, should have stayed out off the playoff roster, that's all stuff you can debate. Um, but they made a decision not just to have him on the roster, but to start him, and he didn't have a rehab. He didn't. I mean, he went out there raw, and he looked like a guy who hadn't played in a long time. You know, the one ball was ruled a double, but went off the heel of his glove in center field. Uh, he kicked the one, another line drive to center field, and then he picked it up and threw it away, and that led to a run. So he looked like a guy that hadn't played. So really, mm-hmm. 
you know, it was two mostly two guys and a throwaway and a steal that compounded, you know, was, was responsible for most of their errors. But that's to that's not the Rays' way. The Rays' DNA is pitching and defense first and, and, and always. And so they don't have the luxury of giving away runs like that. And that's what they did. They played and, – and, you know, Kevin Cash says this before the game when I was listening to him on the radio with Andy. He was like, that may have been our worst game ever, mm-hmm. you know, of the season. Like we may not have played – we didn't play defense like that all year. No. And then we do it in game one. And they were like, well, maybe it was nerves. Well – you know, and and they they really thought that Surrey was ready to play, and yeah, he gave him the bunt sign twice, and I don't think that shows confidence in the guy swinging the bat in that situation. So, you know, you just you need momentum, you need a fast start. You're at home. What little crowd they had, they needed to get into it. Um, all those things, and it just didn't work for them. And that's the thing. Like these these series, you know, it used to be one game, but the, even these two out of three, you can lose two games to a team. Any time in any time of the year that's not better than you, you can lose those two games at home. Happens all the time. Teams that have no business beating teams do, uh, you know, two out of four times maybe in a series. Well, they they lost both of these, and now the Rangers are moving on to play the Baltimore Orioles, and the Rays are checking flights and and, uh, going to hit golf balls, I suppose. It's just – it's too bad because I I think about – all I can think about is the games that I watch, which is a lot of games. And you do you do game, Steve, so you know how mm-hmm. you personally know how long the season is. It's such a grind. It's six months, and to win that many games and be done within twenty four hours or so, it seems, it it's just the cruelest, abrupt ending that you could ever imagine. It's just it it's you, I, I think you're kind of left with this feeling of well, what was that all about? Yeah, it's and well, and we see it in all sports. I mean, you know, you go Absolutely. to the NFL postseason and the first week you're expecting to win. And yeah. then it's over. You see it in, you know, the the biggest one you see it in is March Madness. Oh, it's, yeah. It's the kids sure. crying on the court. <laughs> for sure. You know, I mean, most of the other pro yeah. sports, you get to go to the locker room for a couple minutes before you go. <laughs> yeah, see exactly. Anybody. College basketball is right there on the court, and they're showing everything. And then playing, you know, one shining moment. Yeah. Is, the ball is tossed. Yeah, great. Um, but, yeah, I mean, that's, that's the thing with sports, man, is is you tend to forget that every, you know, all but one team goes home unhappy at the end of the year, and it's, you know, for the ones who make the postseason, it's a shocking end. They're hard to win. They're very hard to win. Only one team can be a champion, and and uh, you say this every year. Um, but yeah, that's it, it, it's a grind, and I feel I feel for the 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 effort that that goes into a major league season. It's just incredible. It's a marathon. It's six months, and then and then it's quickly over. So we'll see how the Rays and and uh, you know they're front office pieces things together or back together or what they add or subtract, whatever. Um, playoffs are still fairly interesting. I saw that uh, as we do this podcast, Evan Longoria is making plays and web gems on the uh, Yeah, and they've moved – the Diamondbacks have moved on. They beat the Brewers, so. Yeah, that was huge. Yeah. Um, so we'll get to see him in the next round of the postseason. So there'll still be – Baseball and plenty of good baseball to watch, but it won't be your Tampa Bay Rays, which is unfortunate. We had some mailbag questions uh, today. We can get to those here in just a second uh, to uh, to wrap this up a little bit. But first, uh, you guys know this. It's still hurricane season, right, officially. Uh, there's still time, however, to keep the power on without breaking the bank, and that's getting solar battery backup power from May Electric Solar. Now, with solar battery backup power, there's no fuel cost. There's no loud generator noise. No annual maintenance costs, plus May Electric Solar offers a 15-year warranty. 
Solar battery backup can save you hundreds of dollars each month. And if you lose power, a generator could cost over $2,000 a week to keep your house running. Now, new solar battery backup systems qualify for a 30% tax credit. Or you can add a battery to your existing Enphase solar system and do that as well. Trust the pros in solar. To learn more about May Electric solar battery backup or to get started, call 727-819-2862 or visit mayelectricsolar.com. All right, we had some mailbag questions uh, about the sorted things, including the race. So let's uh, try to knock those off before we uh, wrap it all up here. Well, we'll start with Cliff, who had sent an email. And he says, given his $24 million salary for next year, do you expect the Rays to trade Tyler Glass now during the offseason? Oh, hell yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, you know, and the sad thing is, is that I, I like Tyler Glass now. I think he's very talented. Um, I don't think he can stay healthy. And $24 million? No, he's not a $24 million pitcher. Just not, and especially on this ball club, especially with that payroll, uh, you can't afford them. And the thing about Glass is that when he's really, really good, he's great, and when he's not so good, he's just not very good. And 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 he hasn't pitched a long time. He seems to be an injury every year, waiting to happen or has had happen. And I don't think you're going to miss him the way you would miss some other pitchers that they've had that have come through here. You know, um, again, you're going to have to face him down the road and, and maybe he gets it together and can stay healthy, but there's a lot of moving parts in that six point eight body. And when I watched him in the first game of the playoffs, at times he had dominating stuff. He did strike out a lot of batters, but frankly, the, 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 the hitters were getting themselves out. They were swinging at pitches that were not, in the zone the first time through the lineup, and then they got smart. And he didn't really have fastball command. He really couldn't command many, if any, of his pitches. One point, I think he walked four. Um, and that, to me, the, the times that I've seen him does not scream, you know, playoff stopper. Like, I, I want a guy that makes $24 million for me to be, uh, frankly, I want him to be my ace. I mean, they paid mm-hmm. forty. To Eflin and that, and he kind of was their ace. They had him, you know, pitching today, and you know, when I say today, in the, the game two, mm-hmm. as opposed to game one, because I don't think they were confident in Glass. I, I think they felt like if Glass now goes out there and he's not good, then we're going to have to have Eflin nail it down because that's an elimination game, as opposed to maybe Eflin gets him off to a good start or not. But if he doesn't, and they somehow lose or the bullpen blows it, we're not that confident in Tyler Glass now winning game two. So I think that's why they chose the order they did. But that aside, any extra day rest help, helps Eflin and all that. Um, but no, I, I don't think that the Tampa Bay Rays, given their re- restrictions and constraints, salary rise and all of that, I don't think there's any way uh, that they want to keep him or that contract. And so I, I would expect them to try to find a suitor in fast. The hard part is, and, and I believe when they signed Tyler Glass down to the two-year deal, and it was six million for this season, twenty four, twenty five, whatever for next season. That all along, their plan was to trade him at the end of the year. Agreed, agreed. It was mm-hmm. let's sign him, even though it's a big number next year because that's his free first free agent year. It allows but us he's to an ass, he's but, an asset, but it right. allows it allowed the race to keep him through this whole season and not lose him to free agency. Right. So they didn't have to trade him at the trade deadline this year because they're going for a World Series title. Hmm. I think that was their plan all along. But they don't have McClanahan next year now. 
Good point. So now, if you trade Glass now, you don't have McClanahan. You don't have Glass now. Uh, Drew Rasmussen won't be back till midseason. You got Eflin. You got Littell, who looked pretty good this year. Taj Bradley's coming along. But, you know, what does your rotation look like? Mm-hmm. Like like I said, I think their plan all along was to trade Glass, but you expected McClanahan to be there for next year. Well, He's not. That's fair. Yeah, that's true. So I, I still think they'll trade him, but it it makes it more complicated because maybe is it one of those deals where you start the season with him and then and then hope to deal him at some point? You or? could, but I mean that's you also know you probably need to add some bats, right? No, you'd prefer to do it. In the offseason, and, and for sure. that twenty-four million dollars salary, could you could you use to sign a bat or two, which Absolutely. they weren't able to last year? So it'll be interesting what Eric Neander and Peter Bendix and the in all the, the Rays decide or to do. But I, I can't see them keeping Glass now. Not at twenty-four mil. Uh-uh. No, I, I think the plan all along was to trade him. Mm-hmm. But you didn't want to have to consider trading him at the trade deadline this year because you were going for it. So let's right. get one more year out of him. And then tra- and, and frankly, him pitching helped his value, presumably, right? I mean, he mm-hmm. did get out there and he sure. did pitch. Sure. So yeah, I, I would be very surprised if he's on this ball club uh very long next year if, if if in fact he makes it to spring training. That's just that's just based on production and from what I see. I don't I don't think this team at this time is gonna pay twenty four million dollars for Tyler, but I could be wrong. Great question though. All right, Les tweeted, says, I get that everyone is talking about the injuries, and that's fair, but since August 1st, this team was 33-19, and 19. hardly a team on the decline playing 630 baseball and still out in two games in the playoffs. Yeah, they had some injuries, though, at the very end, I think, that also, you know, mm-hmm. um, it, it, that may or may not have factored in that 33-19. and 19. You know, some of those 33 might have come earlier. Then later, before they they started losing okay. Brendan Lau and well, Jose Siri, but even the last week of the season, they won what four out well, of six. Well, they did win. Yeah, with, they won with the Rosarina nursing an injury, Yandi nursing an yeah, injury, no Rayleigh, no Siri, no no Brendan Lau. Um, they they yeah. just get cold at the wrong time, or haven't lived I up to the pressure, or you're just. But it's playing, all about what we. You're playing teams that are, you know, have a higher sense of urgency than what you're used to in the regular season, and you weren't able to match it. It goes back to what we said at the start of the podcast, is that the, the, this team, uh, without the pressure, you know, of knowing there's 162 games, can play the analytics game, can put their guys in position to be successful more often than not, uh, can absorb some bad months as they did in July, uh, and which was a horrible, historically bad month, and and still come out and do very well and be on top. You can't have a bad day in the postseason. If you have one, you certainly can't have two, and you can't do it back-to-back in a three-game series. And that's the thing. I just don't think for whatever reason, whether it's you know skill, lack of, I don't know, superstars, uh, pedigree, uh, clutch gene, you want to call it what you want to call it, they're just not – track record is not good of late in the postseason. Like, they're not built for that. They're very good in the regular season, not so good in the postseason. In fact, less than not so good. They haven't scored but two runs in each of the last two years. And that's just not acceptable for a team that wins that many games. So there has to be something 
to the analytics that work for them in the regular season and doesn't in the postseason. I grant you all these injuries are real. All of them may have changed the fortunes of this baseball team, um, but it wasn't good enough. And it's something that they'll have to look at very deeply because I, I don't think they're going to find, you know, a money tree outside the trop and suddenly go start buying, you know, Bryce Harper-like players all of a sudden. But – uh, they do need to get their guys back, and and they need to, they need them playing well when it really matters, and when it, when it really matters is now, is October. You know, all this other stuff is great. It's great to get you here, and to secure a spot and all that, and you hope to win the division. But all that really matters in baseball is, and especially with the Rays, because they've been so successful, is what they do in the postseason. And of late, they've just been one big failure. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. We'll end on this. We got a Bucks question here. Mm-hmm. Bucks on a bye, of course, this weekend. But biased fan wrote you. Says Antoine Winfield played like the defensive player of the year on Sunday. And I got to thinking. He made plays all over the field. He was in the backfield tackling Kamara for a six yard loss. He was sixty yards downfield breaking up a pass. Izzy's a safety playing corner. Our linebackers run like DBs. Everyone in our defense covers and everyone blitzes. Is the Bucks positionless approach to defense the future of the NFL? Well, I think other teams do it too. I mean, you know, uh, <laughs> there's there's a guy in Dallas that can play anywhere <laughs> anywhere on the field. Yes, he can on defense, and and so you know, it, it's I, I think it has to do with the type of players you have. Now, listen, Todd Bowles, and we're talking about Parsons. Todd Todd Bowles is one of the more creative. I think defensive coordinators and play callers in the league. And I think he's had that reputation for a while, long before he got to Tampa. Um, And what I like about Todd is, and he'll tell you this, is that he feels like he has to change every couple of years because other teams just get onto what he's doing. You know, that that he has to really get in the lab and, and change things up. I think that you see it, with the Bucks, the creativity, and, and Todd has owned the New Orleans Saints the last three times. He's just completely stoned them, uh, which is a good thing because they're your chief rivals in the NFC South. But he's got athletes, man. He's got versatile guys, you know, and when you talk about Izian or Winfield, those guys are Swiss Army knives. And the more of the Swiss Army knives you can get on the field, then, you know, you can do more with them. They can help you at every level of the defense, right? You saw Winfield go deep and knock a pass away from Chris Olave. You saw Winfield come down inside uh, in the box and make a tackle for loss on a sweep to Alvin Kamara. You saw Winfield, you know, um, sort of covering guys in that mid-range area uh, and knocking balls away. Uh, And then, of course, he forced the fumble and he's just a splash player on defense to begin with. Vita Vea at 350-plus pounds would line up at times and sort of stand and drop into the middle 
of the field, you know, or rush from a different spot off the edge or, you know, they do, they move these guys around. They don't want to stay predictable. Um, and I don't know if it's quote unquote, the future of the defense. I think, I think a lot of defensive coaches try to try to do that, but not many of them have the personnel that's capable of it. I just think Todd Bowles finds things that guys do well puts him in those positions and lets him go. But he does have a lot of sort of versatile types, you know, athletes, right? Joe Tryon Shawinka, as a rookie, played outside linebacker, three technique, middle linebacker. Like, they moved him everywhere uh, because he's such a great athlete and he's able to hold up in there. And so, you know, the less predictable you can be, um, the more problems you create for the opposing offense and the quarterback trying to read things out, and generally, that's sort of been the success. It's one thing, though, to call it and you know, do little X's and O's and all that. But the Jimmys and the Joes are the ones that have to make this come to life. And their players have been really, really good. But they are fast. They're faster than they have been. They'll be even faster when they get Kalaja Kansi back. Uh, and I've been impressed with what they've been able to do. But Antoine Winfield Jr. is the MVP of this defense right now. As good as Devin White has played, Levante David, Vita uh, Vea leads the team in sacks with three and a half. All of that. No, it's Antoine Winfield Jr. I mean, that dude is balling. And he won that game with that fumble recovery after the Bucks had just fumbled, led to a touchdown, put them up 14. Like that that's that's the kind of play that changes games. He's a game wrecker, uh, and he's on a trajectory that if he were to stay healthy and play a long time, is is the kind of guy that's gonna have numbers that would, would give him a gold jacket. So He's been terrific, and the more players you can get like him, not the biggest guy. Now, he's a defensive back, so you can get away with it. But, yeah, athletes, I think you'll always see them put the athletes in various positions to try to uh, utilize that athletic talent and speed, and you don't want to pigeonhole a guy. You don't want to say, well, he's an outside linebacker. He's always rushing off the left side, or he's a nose tackle, and he's always going to be on top of the center. So, yeah, the more you can do post-snap, pre-snap, the more pressure and confusion you can create both for the offensive line and the quarterback, and that's what Todd Bowles is great at. All right, well, outstanding questions, and uh, you can always send questions to us at any time. You can do that on Twitter, at SportsDayTV. You can reach me on Twitter, at NFL Stroud. My email address is rstroud at tampabay.com. We get to talk some college football. Oh, boy, no Buccaneers this week. They're on a bye week, but we've got Matt Baker to break down what happened last week. Goodness gracious to the Florida Gators at Kentucky. And, of course, they uh, host Vanderbilt uh, this Saturday. Matt will be at that game. So all things college football with Matt tomorrow on the show. Thanks for listening. For Steve Burstick, I'm Rick Stroud of the Tampa Bay Times. Have a great day, everybody. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 